That's, uh, <clears throat> appreciate that. That's it's always a blessing to me uh, to, to hear the songs. I, Brooke wrote that song uh, probably about 15 years ago, I guess, didn't you? I believe so. It's, it's always thrilling to hear one of the girls' songs sung. If you go to Romans chapter 7, <clears throat> Romans chapter 7, verse 14 is where we're going to begin. Romans chapter 7, verse 14. It says, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now that is no more that I do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that it is in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. Anybody ever feel that way? For the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Now, if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find in a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. When it gets down to verse 24, it says, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Different people describe that in different ways, but one of the writers describes it this way. He said that during this time, this uh, time of this writing, that if someone was convicted of a crime, a capital crime, a murder, that sometimes what they would do is uh, they would chain the body of the dead person to the person who committed the crime. And they would tie it up and wrap it up and chain it up, them up together, and that that person would have to walk around with that body next to his, skin to skin, and allow it to decay against his own body, which would in fact rot his body and kill him. And this is the way Paul describes the body that we live in right now. He says, that's the way I feel about this flesh that I'm in right now. Anybody ever do anything that you really wish you hadn't done? Anybody ever say something you really wish you had never said? You think things you wish you had never thought. You do things you wish you'd never... It just, and you think, why in the world am I doing this? Now, it's not like I really understand what I'm talking about, but, I'm, but it's, it's just, this is what God's, I mean, what Paul's saying through the Word of God, through the inspiration of God, he's saying, I, this flesh is, I'm so tired of it. I'm so tired of fighting with it. I'm so tired of losing to it. And he says, who's going to deliver me? And he says, well, thank God, Jesus. Jesus is going to deliver me. And the truth is, in this flesh while we live today, any moment that we will yield to Jesus, we can be delivered for that moment. 
Now, let's have a word of prayer. Father, I pray that you bless. Holy Spirit of God, this is a little bit tougher message than this morning, but I ask you, please, please, Spirit of God, guide my mind. Help me to, to not say anything that would hurt anyone. Lord, that I'd only say that which would help and be encouraged and be a blessing. Spirit of God, I yield myself to thee. And, and Lord, I know that unless you move, Spirit of God, unless you move through this room, nothing that I say is going to amount to anything. It'll, it'll, just, it'll be words that offend. It'll be words that bounce off the, the heart. And, and Lord, I ask you right now, Spirit of God, that you would, uh, you would flow through each and every heart and mind and that you'd let the words be what I'm really trying to say and what I believe you want to say through me. So, Spirit of God, I ask you, please, to guide my mind, my thoughts. And then, and then Father, I ask you one more time, please protect us today. Please build a mighty hedge of protection around us today. Please, Lord, in the name of your Son, Jesus, turn back every evil that might attack us today. I beg you. And I trust you, and I believe that you will. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm preaching this morning about the battle within. The battle within. And, I, and I'm going to say some things at the beginning, kind of laying a foundation here. That, and I'm going to beg you, I'm going to ask you, please, please don't let anything just, you know, some word, some statement all of a sudden shut you down uh, to, to think, you know, this about me or that about It's really not about me. I'm, I'm just trying to lay a foundation and present truth. But we're in a great battle today as we who Christians, who are Christians, are becoming more and more strange to society. You know, and truthfully, if you believe this book, you're becoming more and more strange to society. We, 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 this, this Bible is so different than what the world depicts today. It's so different than much of, what, much of what Christianity depicts today. But it is, it is so different from what uh, the world is. The fact is, is that we're different because we believe in the sanctity of life. But that's almost foolishness to the world. We believe in a traditional family, and that's, that's almost, that, not almost, that is foolishness to the world. We believe in, a, in, a, in, a, in a men and women, and, we, and, and that God made two gen, genders, and, 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 it's, and as our world has changed, it's becoming more and more that that's not what it's supposed to be. And we believe in right and wrong. That's a classic. We believe that the, the Word of God says what is right and what is wrong. It's just real clear. Things are right and things are wrong. It's about, we are, as Christians, the more you believe this book, the more abnormal to society you're becoming. I said this you, you know, you know, a few times. I'll probably say it a few more times if you stay around long. But I, when I was at Memphis State, I had a sociology teacher. And, and that sociology te- the sociology class was, was called Deviant Behavior. <clears throat> and, uh, and in there, I didn't know at the time because I was lost at the time. But... but uh, as I look back now on what they were teaching, uh, they were teaching on the most deviant group in society in America, and that deviant group needed to be eliminated so that we could evolve into our utopian society. And the most deviant group was Christians. And I didn't realize it then is what they term fundamental Christians. You know what, a fun, what, what they meant by that? People that actually believe this. They believe the book is, is true. 
Now, here's where I'm going to make some statements, and this is not an attack in any group or anything. I just want you to understand, just recently, uh, just a couple days ago, I read that, that the leader of the Antifa group states that Christianity is the same as ISIS. That we have the same cause, that we're doing the same thing. We're trying to love people. We're trying to bring people to Christ. We're trying to make a change in lives. How are we the same as going up and blowing people up? But in that same article, it said it, it, that the Christianity is basically Nazism. And they, but in that same article, they claim to be basically communist in their beliefs. So I did something I just looked up. I, I thought it was amazing. So I, I looked up. Both communism and Nazism have killed millions of people. Both these groups have. In reality, though, communism, and this doesn't make it better or worse, communism has killed millions more than Nazism did. How can, you, how can we be at a point when we believe that communism is the solution? When in China, under communist, communist rule, 70 million people have been murdered. Under, in Russian communist rule, over 20 million people have been murdered. In the Ukraine, another 5 million people have been murdered. And that's just the, the major ones. You don't go into rest, uh, all around the world, the communist regimes. In Russia, hundreds of th thousands of farmers were lined up and shot. This is documented. Were lined up and shot simply because they were successful as small farmers. And they were shot so that they could provide more for the, those in power and for the prosperity of the industries in the country. If only these who support socialism and communism, Nazism, would understand that they are just tools in the hand of the master. And when he is done with them, they will also be done away with. That's what communism does. You know, tonight, I, I'm going to be careful not to go too far. T tonight, I'm, I'm going to be preaching on how to change our culture. It's going to be real simple, but I'm gonna, how, how can we change our culture? Because sometimes you'll get to the point, you just feel like throwing up your hands and saying, what in the world? What can we do? This world has gone so crazy. We're in a great cultural, uh, culture battle in America, even among Christians. So many in Christianity desire to be conformed to the world rather than being transformed by the Word of God. And that's not me saying that. That's what God says in Romans to do. That we're not to be conformed to the world. We're to be transformed by the word of God. But ultimately, the most, and here's, here, I'm just throwing that out and throwing it out very briefly to understand that we have a lot of battles, a lot of conflicts, a lot of issues that are surrounding us in this world. But I'm here to tell you this morning, that was just a little foundational. I'm here to tell you, our minds can get on that so much. Oh man, we got to fight this battle and we got to fight that battle. We got to fight this person. We got to fight this, this group and we got to, you know, no, that's not the issue. The battle that we need to fight, each one of us is within. We must understand that the ultimate enemy is not Nazism, communism, Antifa, alt-right, or socialist agenda. It's not even the worldly Christian culture that surrounds us. It's a spiritual battle within each of us. 
we got to answer this question within, what is our compass? What is our guide? What is truth? That's what we got to do. We got to look inside and say, what really are we basing as truth? What is we allowing our minds to, to assimilate as truth? Who is our compass? Who is our guide? Who determines the truth in our heart? Can I tell you, this, this book tells me what truth is, and, and I'll be honest with you, sometimes that truth is a little hard to accept, but truth is still truth. Are we guided by desire or by principles? Are we moved by emotion or that which is, which is our reasonable service to God? Again, this is Romans. Uh, do we, are we guided by what we desire to do, by our emotions, by our, our excitement over some issue? Or, or are we guided by serving God and believing God and doing our reasonable service to God? Here's the question. Do we get truth from commentators or from the king of kings? Folks, please, you know, the world we're living in today, and I don't care whether it's a talk show or whether it's if you still get a newspaper or if it's on your your internet or if it's on the news on TV. Look, to me, it's what my daddy always said. Say, how do you know they're lying? Well, you know because they have their mouth open. It's just so much propaganda from every direction. Everybody's saying what everybody wants to hear. And they're saying it to get you to believe. Look, at some point, you've got to step back and watch this. The Spirit of God will guide you into all truth. The Spirit of God will tell you that, hey, time out, that's crazy. But without the Spirit of God or being yielded to the Spirit of God, what we do is we allow this information that comes in and it's so full of lies and truth mixed with lies at times that we start assimilating it into our mind as truth. And folks, I beg you, please get in the Word of God. Yield to the Spirit of God. Let God reveal to you if somebody's just out and out lying. Do we get our truth from CNN, NBC, CBS, Fox, or do we get it from the one who cannot lie? Did you know that God cannot lie? And God who cannot lie has promised us eternal life. And if you're trusting him for your eternal life, you better believe he can't lie about it. And if he cannot lie, then everything he said is the truth. Amen? That's real deep, isn't it? If he can't lie, then everything he said is the truth. And watch this, if they're going to lie, and if they've already lied, then probably what they're saying is not the truth. Are we predetermining what we believe is right before we read the Scriptures, if we read them at all? Now watch this, even this morning, and I beg you now, I'm asking you to give me a hearing this morning. Some, what we tend to do is, we've already decided what we believed, and we are going to... Believe that regardless of what truth says. 
And listen, I'm trying my best. Not for, I don't want you just to hear me. I don't want you just to b- believe me. Uh, you know, I'm a human being like everybody else. I may say something that's not true. I, you know, I may quote some statistic tonight or uh, this morning that, that, that might have been wrong because of the information I got. Uh, but listen to me. I'm telling you, I, when you get to the Word of God, it cannot lie. It is truth. Anybody like that? Anybody believe that? The enemy is the flesh that encases us and our hearts that deceive us. James, I mean, Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I tell you, who can know it? God can. You know, when these questions are asked, a lot of times we think we're just, uh, those, those questions are really not there to be, to be answered, but they really are to be answered. God says, who can know it? He, God can. My enemy is me. Verse 11, it says, For what man knoweth the things of man, save the spirit of man which is in him, even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. It says in uh, 1 Corinthians, he says, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But listen, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Do you understand why some, maybe even your own family, maybe neighbors, maybe people, they think you're crazy because you go to church? Or because you take a stand, a biblical stand on anything. They think you're, you know, that you're uh, ignorant uh, because you, you don't, you, you, if you knew better. You know, that because the only reason you need a God is because you're weak in mind. You know, they, they think these things. But here's the reason. Because the natural man does not understand the things of God. It says, the natural man receiveth not the, the, uh, the things of the Spirit of God. The Bible is a spiritually written book. Therefore, the Bible is a spiritually understood book. And that means if you don't have the Spirit of God in you, you can't understand this book. And here's the problem. People keep trying to write this, rewrite this book so that the natural man can understand it. It was not written to the natural man. It was written to the saved man. You don't have to change it to understand that the Spirit of God will guide you into all truth and the Spirit of God will reveal to you the truth of the Word of God. So the natural man doesn't understand it. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned, he says. The, you know, the truth is spiritually discerned. And you know, the natural man looks at this and he says, Oh, this is just old language and all this doesn't make any sense. And all this is means and all this is old-fashioned. The spirit man looks at it and goes, Oh my goodness, that'll change my life. There are two men given here, the natural man in this passage we just read, the natural man and the spiritual man. The natural man is the lost man. He is incapable of understanding the Word of God. He's incapable of understanding the truths of God, the purpose of God, the salvation or the sanctification that God talks about. He is incapable of understanding any of that. 
That's why he rebels so much against us and thinks we're so foolish because it, it, all this just seems to be foolishness to him because he doesn't understand it. Now, the spiritual man is a saved man who is yielded to the Spirit of God and discerns the truth of God from the Word of God. The spiritual man is the one that says, God showed me. We gave out, uh, last week, we gave out a, a, a journal, a prayer journal, and Bible reading schedule, and, and things. You know, if you get into that, and you start to read into that, and look, I'm not saying that you're going to understand everything that you read all the time. You know, God doesn't unload the whole truck on you all the time, but while you're reading, you're going to understand something that you never understood before. You're going to seize truth. You know, somebody in here this morning, hopefully, uh, before the, the day's over, you're going to under, understand that, that the God sent His Son to die for you, and God has made salvation available to you by grace through faith. And as you understand that, watch this. If you'll receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, the moment you do that, the Holy Spirit of God comes within you. The Scripture says, says you become the temple of God and the Holy Spirit of God comes to live in you. But watch it. With that comes the ability to see and understand with the Word of God. He will guide you. I'll say again, He doesn't unload, he, he, he doesn't unload the whole truck on you because that would bury you. It's kind of like when you go to confess your sin. If you had not done it for a while, you better hope He doesn't unload it all on you at once. Now, but there's one man, and this is the man that I'm preaching about primarily today. There's a man that is not mentioned in this passage of Scripture. We see the natural man, we see the spiritual man, but the man that I'm talking about this morning, the man that is not mentioned is the man that seeks to destroy the life of the Christian. This is the carnal man. The carnal man is a saved man who has the Spirit of God dwelling in him, but he is directed, that man is directed and controlled by his flesh, by his carnality. You see, folks, any one of us can become that carnal man like that. And sadly, forgive me, but if you're saved, if you know you're on your way to heaven, if you trusted Christ as your Savior... And, and the Holy Spirit of God has come to live within you. And only you and God can know that. But if the Holy Spirit of God has come to live within you and you, you have him in there, I want you to understand, it's a moment, it's a decision, it's a, a second in time, and we can cross from spiritual to carnal. This is the battle that we fight every day of our lives, every moment of every day. Anybody been, you've been having a really, really good day and then something happened? It's called marriage, folks. <laughs> Men will understand this. My wife can be just as happy in a great mood and everything's going on. I'm thinking this is great. And I say, 
one little thing. And all of a sudden, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, I say, and I go, what did I do? And you know the answer, don't you? You know what you did. (laughs) No, I don't, because I really wouldn't have done it. Because we were doing good. Bam. She just went from spiritual to carnal. <laughs> no, nah, it's called driving down the road, amen, with other people on the road. Singing a gospel song. Everything is good in the world. Hey, fool! You know it's true. Bam! Every time I have, my wife has to pat my knee, say, it's going to be all right, Rob. It's okay, Rob. That's probably an old person. They didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> Just boom. Hey, fellas, any of you ever play ball? Mmm. Man, have a good time. Right back down the court this time. You're ready to fight. Right? Yeah, the same guy you just high five. Come on, man. And I never wonder why. I always wonder why they always throw their arms back. Think, man, you just left yourself open. <laughs> we just flipped. Forgive me, you can be watching a football game. And all of a sudden, they zoom that camera. And the thoughts just went places they shouldn't go. As I say, folks, they never zoom in on an Amish woman. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? They never do. (laughs) The things I shouldn't say. (laughs) But it's the truth, and and bam, your thoughts. You might even have music playing in church. Amen. You see, Paul said, For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that is good. Now then it's no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Paul just saying, do you understand? It's, it's almost, it almost sounds crazy the way he says it, but he just, he's saying the things. I, it, it, honestly, when I read through this, sometimes I think of Abbott and Costello. Y'all too young, don't even have a clue, do you? <laughs> Who's on first? But the, the fact is, is that he said the things I should do, I just don't. I'm, I, so many times I don't do it. And the things I shouldn't do, so many times I do it. 
The carnal man is a babe in Christ, the Scripture says. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4 says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. You know what? Every time we digress, what we do, we digress into, into being an infant with God. And it's amazing. We can digress so quickly. We can become, in God's sight, a babe in Christ. He said, I've taught you this, and I've told you this, but, but you know, apparently you're not even ready to receive this. But you know, we need to be a group of people that say, God, let me grow. I, you know, let me come out of this baby that's being fed the milk. God, give me meat. Amen? I need meat. I'm going to give you a little quick self-test. You can kind of tell kind of where you are to see which man we are and who is leading our lives. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 3 says, For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? Listen to this. This is so clear, and, and hopefully you get this. God says, you want to know where you are spiritually. Do you want to know if you're a spiritual man, if you're a natural man, if you are a carnal man? And of course, most of us in here, some may not know Christ as your Savior. Many of you do. But we still have this battle. Are we going to be a spiritual man or are we going to be a carnal man? And God says, okay, one of the first things you got to do is recognize who you are and where you are right now. So he says, here's some signs. The first sign is envying, jealousy. When someone else succeeds or is used or is praised, does that cause you to rejoice or does it cause you frustration, comparison, and even anger? Come on now, folks, that's anywhere. That's at work, that's at church, that's at school, that's anywhere when somebody else rises up. Somebody else gets a promotion. Somebody else gets recognized. Somebody else gets praised. How you doing? God says that's a sign of where you are in your spiritual life. Number two, he says strife. The scripture says only by pride cometh contention. And this is a primary definition of strife. It can, it, it, contention is the primary definition of strife. It may not be an outward quarrel, but rather subtle comments of dissension. Hey, uh, are you in strife with anybody anywhere? Do you know it's a shame when we have Christian families and we're full, those homes are full of strife? Marriages are full of strife. And God says, when you, we look and say, well, I'm a, I'm a Christian. Are you in strife? You may be a Christian, but God says, right now, you're a carnal Christian. Division. Division is the ultimate result of, of, of the uh, envying and strife. But division is the, uh, w- whether it was the ultimate goal or not, division is the ultimate result. And so division is created. Are we divided from anyone? You know, as Christians, we ought not have anybody that we can fellowship with. There ought not be anybody that we're in conflict with. You know, the truth is, there ought not be anybody that we have bitterness toward. There ought not be anybody that we can't forgive. Jesus has forgiven us. God has forgiven us. Surely we can forgive everybody else. But God says when we have envying and strife in our hearts, watch this, it's going to create division amongst us. And, and listen, that's what's going on right now. We, 
whether we understand it or not, but our world out here all around us is trying to create division among us. I keep telling people all over, if you listen to the news and watch everything that's going on, you think everybody hates everybody, and I don't see that in my community. I don't believe it ought to be that way. I don't think it is that way. I think it's a lie from hell. And if we're Christians, we ought to love each other. Isn't it something when you say love each other and you say it with such a mean face? <laughs> we all love each other. <laughs> I just realized I was like, ah! <laughs> walk as men. And it says, at the very end, it says, walk as men. Is the implication that we walk or behave just as the natural man and the lost man. You said, he said, look, when you're a Christian and when you have this ending of strife and division, you know what you're doing? You're walking just like a lost man. You're walking like the natural man. There's no difference. The world can't see any difference in you than they do the, 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 the natural man, the lost man. And folks, that's what we got to look at ourselves and say. It's not just about us. Sunday school class, amen. It's not just about us. It's about those that come after us. It's about those that we influence in our community. It's about those in our family and extended family. It's not just about us. And, and we've got to stop the envying and stop the strife and stop the division and not let that be so that we represent ourselves to everybody that we know as a lost man. And then we say we're a Christian and they say, wait a minute, that doesn't make much sense. can be good to each other. How does this all happen? It's through the I problem. I am, I have, I deserve. You know, because it can conclude verse 4, it says, for, one, for while one saith, I am of Paul, another I am of Apollos, and he says, are you not carnal? You know what they're saying? Hey, I'm somebody. I studied over here. I live in this neighborhood. You know, I drive this kind of car. I got nice clothes. I'm good looking. Why are you laughing? And that's what we have. We have people that just set themselves above let me just tell you, Calvary Baptist Church, starting up here, no, starting back here, there's nobody any better than anybody. Nobody is any better than anybody. We may have different responsibilities. God may have called me here to run my mouth more than y'all. But nobody's any better than anybody. And God wants to use everybody. He's just looking for us to, to understand where our battle is and to fight the battle that we've got to fight. And the battle we've got to fight is within us. See, we spend so much time looking at, oh, man, I wish they wouldn't do that. Wish they wouldn't say that. Wish they wouldn't treat me like that. Look in here. How are you doing? How am I doing? 
Have you ever known someone who acts like a, like a, a big baby? Don't, don't, don't call out names now. <laughs> you ever known somebody that acts like a spoiled brat and they're an adult? I got people looking at me right now. <laughs> Have you ever been that person? The enemy that we must fight is within. God is greater than, listen to this, God is greater than Satan and all the hordes of hell. And in the name of Christ, we can see Satan turn back. Now think about this now. God is greater. And he's greater than Satan. He's greater than all the hordes of hell. He's greater than every evil in this world. And we have power over Satan through the name of Christ. But hold on, watch this now. But God will not fight against himself. And he made man to have a free will. The great enemy that God will not conquer for us is us. Proverbs 24.10 says, If thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. Well, you know, the scripture says that I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Now, if I can do all things through Christ that strengtheneth me, how is it that in the day of adversity that I might faint? Because I'm in my strength, not his strength. Because I'm living carnally, not spiritually. The solution is found in verse 21, and I'm done. I find then a law... That when I would do good, evil is present with me. But listen to this, verse 22. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. It's just kind of thrown in the midst of all this that I should and shouldn't do. And he says, but I delight in the law of God after the inward man. To delight in the law of the inward man, the law is the truth of the word of God. It is amazing how many Christians are full of faulty thinking who are misled by the philosophies and lies of man. Verse 23 says, but I see, an, I, I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. It's all this garbage that we've allowed to become truth in our minds that has been indoctrinated in our minds that is not true. If it contradicts this book, it's a lie. How are we brought into captivity by the law of sin being stronger than the law of God in our minds? We must take into captivity every thought and bring into subjection every thought to the law of God. We spend too much time looking at the evil world and comparing ourselves to them, desiring to change them, living in frustration because we cannot change them. And if you really are living in this world and got your eyes open, you're living in frustration by the evil and the craziness that's going on. But God says that's not the fight. The fight the enemy that we can defeat, and by defeating we can have greater influence around the world, is when we defeat us. We must defeat us through the mind, the truth of Christ. The truth begins today in your heart and mind. Will you believe in salvation in Jesus Christ? That's where you can begin. And number two, will you believe in the love of God for all people? Quit listening to them saying that we hate each other. We do not. God doesn't do that. God is love, and the love of God is in us. Amen, somebody. 
Are we saved? Don't we have the Spirit of God in us? Will you believe the truth? And the truth is the love of God is greater. God is love. And when I trust in Him, the love of God comes in me. And if I'm yielded to Him, the love of God flows through me to you. And that's what's supposed to happen. Rather than the lies that have indoctrinated us and trying to change us. And what it does is it creates envy and strife and division. Father, I pray that you bless. Lord Jesus, I know I've taken a little long this morning. But dear God, I pray that this morning that somebody would see the truth, the peace, the love that comes through knowing Christ. Lord, thank you for a, a just church full of people that understand the love of God. Lord, thank you for a church with people that are willing to run buses or to do a, a trunk or treat and spend their evening and their night out just trying to show somehow the love of God. Father, I pray that you'd please bless this morning. And if there's anybody that doesn't understand that love, doesn't understand the unconditional love of God, that's willing to save anyone who will come, just as I am, the song says, without one plea, God, if we would come. And Father, if we would, as people of the church of Calvary, if we would just say, dear God, please, God, help us not let envying and strife and division come among us. For Lord, let us be spiritual in our desires to love each other. Please help us to love each other like we should. Let's all stand with